This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. All right, welcome in everyone to the Bastards of Boston Baseball, the Game 3 post-game show. The Red Sox just hammered the Houston Astros 12-3 to take a 2-1 series lead here in the ALCS. I am Jason Kelly. I'm here with Andrew Duan. Andrew, how we doing, buddy? Dude, couldn't be doing any better than after that game. Holy crap. I I did not see this one coming. I don't think many people did. I mean, it, you know, we, we all had our doubts about Eduardo Rodriguez heading in. We've certainly had our doubts about the offense, I think, throughout the playoffs and certainly towards the end of the season. But, uh, what an offensive explosion just right out of the gate tonight. Can't feel bad about that. No, not at all. And the Red Sox came out and did what I think, at least I expected the Astros to do. I saw this as a must win for the Astros. And they come out, nothing in the first, nothing in the second. And all of a sudden, the Red Sox did yet another grand slam. Altuve takes one off the chest. I, they, they set the tone. And once they hit that, you're like, oh, this game, this game's over. It's, it's yeah. done. I mean, it's only the second, but this game is done. It's it's weird to feel that way ever, in especially in an ALCS type of game against a team like Houston, to feel like, yeah, this is this is over. I, I feel pretty good about this. But after the Schwarber bomb, 6 nothing, the Astros just, it was like the, the air came out of the balloon. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I was sitting here going, as long as Eduardo Rodriguez keeps it somewhat together, we're golden like that. This game's ours because they've already had to dig into that bullpen to begin with over there in Houston. Um, they've already had, you know, so many pitching problems and, you know, guys like Altuve are just disappearing on them. It's really just been kind of the Carlos Correa show. So I felt pretty good. And Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, sometimes pitchers when they get a lead like that, you're never quite sure how they're going to respond. He responded exactly like you wanted him to. Yeah, you can take that foot off the gas, and it's just human instinct there. The pressure's not on with every pitch, but he kept it going. He made one terrible pitch to Kyle Tucker. He knew it right as he released it. Uh, I think we all saw that one coming halfway. To the but, um, yeah, Erod, pitching for a contract, pitching just auditioning for every team in the league right now, and this is how you sign a deal like Zach Wheeler. And if he does this, you know, next time out, God willing, there is a next time out for him in a Red Sox uniform. He's this guy. <laughs> no one's raising their stock more than Erod right now. And th- on the c- complete opposite side of the spectrum, the Astros starting pitching. I, I can't believe they didn't let him just lay on the sword because what are you going to keep? You can't keep doing this to the bullpen, especially with next game, just in total limbo. Yeah, I never realized 
until we got to game three here, how bad the Lance McCullers injury was going to hurt them. Because I thought, okay, yeah, he's he's a really good pitcher, but they've they've got depth there. They they should still be okay. I'm not gonna chalk that up to okay, you know, you know, McCullers is out, we're golden now. But you know, Urquidy's just kind of another guy. Garcia the other night, just kind of another guy. I think Framber Valdez is a really good pitcher, but the Red Sox offense is, you know, they they proved they can get to guys like that too. I mean, who we got left? Like, who are they going to throw out there now? It, you know, 37-year-old Zach Greinke now? I mean, it, it's the Red Sox absolutely have control of the series if they want it. And they have to take it because, exactly, I, Greinke's thrown, what, like three innings? I You can't expect him to go out and throw seven because what they need right now is someone to throw a hard seven innings of two-run ball. And I don't know if they have a guy on that staff – other than Valdez when he's on that can limit this, uh, this Red Sox offense to that kind of output. And that's just too tall of a task for Dusty Baker to keep going to his bullpen for. I, you know, you try to keep the game close, but you have to look at a bigger picture too. You know, you can say, Oh, right. Whatever. We want to keep this one close, but we've seen Cora do it in the past where he concedes it. And I think, it might not be popular, but it's the right choice at times. Yeah, his bullpen's going to, you know, they're going to get burnt out pretty soon um, if he keeps going this way. So, um, and uh, do we know for sure who the game four starters are on each side? I imagine it's Ivaldi for the Sox, although I don't know if they're going to try and hold him another day and save him for Wednesday. But I I guess for the Astros, it's got to be Granky now. So we just found out for the Red Sox just now it is Nick Pavetta. Okay, there you so go. So they're switching it up. Yeah, because I was kind of wondering if, you know, he might be coming in like around the fourth inning today. I was like, uh, maybe get him warmed up. But yeah. I guess that makes sense now. And I don't think the Astros have named anyone, but it, it's Granky, right? It's got to be. Yeah, I mean, they because the thing is, like, everyone says, oh, they can just default to maybe a bullpen game. They can't afford to do that either. <laughs> no. They've just they burned too many arms. So they're going to have to toss Cranky out there just to maybe hopefully eat a couple of innings. Um, I love I love going with Pavetta for, for game four. I think, you know, if, if the Red Sox take a 3-1 lead, you want Ivaldi on the mound for a potential elimination game. Obviously, that's going ahead a little bit, but Pavetta going game four, I I don't mind that at all. Not at all. And, you know, the key is going to be putting up runs early again today, and I don't see this team slowing down at all. If Kike Hernandez continues what he's doing, how do you stop them? I, I love him in the two spot because Schwarber automatically has so much protection. And you can't get, you know, he's going to walk if you don't give him anything to hit. He's going to get on base. Kike is going to single someone uh, over at least or sacrifice him over. And then you just need a single from Devers. There's your first run on the board. This lineup is built so well. And that's with without Xander or Renfro really producing. Because if Renfro starts hitting, it, you have your seven hitter and the bottom third of that lineup getting that much stronger, I the Astros don't stand a chance. Yeah, I, I jokingly tweeted the other night, it feels like Hunter Renfro hasn't hit a home run since the bicentennial. Like, he's he's been quiet, and Xander Bogarts has been equally quiet since the wildcard game. 
Um, but what Rafael Devers is doing right now, what Kike Hernandez is doing, Schwarber as well, and now J.D. Martinez is awake. I guess his foot's feeling better. Um, that first half of the Red Sox order is just doing so much damage that you almost don't mind that a few guys are a little bit asleep right now. Um, and if the Astros starters can't get, you know, because I always said going in, like, the Astros bullpen is okay, but it's not it's not unbelievable. I actually think the Rays probably have a better bullpen than the Astros did. So if you can get to their starters and you get to that Astros bullpen with a lead, you're in good shape. And that's exactly what the Red Sox have been doing. And they're doing this, again, not to harp on it, but just looking at the box score. If you told me Xander struck out three times today, I would never would have guessed they put up 12 runs. But that's what they're doing. And they're, that bullpen is just getting annihilated. This is what we used to see the old Red Sox do, like from the early 2000s. They just wear you down. They take walks. Then a single, a single, a double, a home run. And it's a winning formula. This is what they needed. They weren't doing this. Through the majority of the year, um, they weren't going with the shift. They are now. They, it's It wasn't, you know, taking a base here, taking a base there. It was aggressive base running. We saw by Renfro today on the uh, hit and run that, uh, you know, Vasquez didn't have a chance at swinging it or hitting that. But, you know, you go first to the third and you manufacture runs. You manufacture pressure. I This is the baseball that everyone wants to see, and I love it. I love it. This team is so exciting when they do stuff like this. So back to the pitching for a second and Eduardo Rodriguez specifically, there was a moment where he got Correa to, I believe, ground out uh, to first base and turned to him, gave him a little bit of the pointing at the wrist, kind of like Correa did in game one. Uh, the gif has gone all over Twitter now, uh, Alex Cora really upset about it was kind of telling Eduardo Rodriguez like, no, no, don't do that. Get, get over here. You know, how did you as a fan feel about that? As a fan, I love it, but I do see where core was coming from. He doesn't want any sort of motivation on their side, but yeah, the Astros, they deserve whatever comes to them and, if they want to play the victim, let them. I think they've tried that in the past. I've seen some of their beat writers pulling some of that stuff today and earlier, you know, thinking, well, how the Red Sox didn't hitting all these pitches. So, no, you know what? The Astros cry. They want to celebrate when they're doing well. They don't like taking their lumps when they're not. So, yeah, as a fan, loved it, but did see where Core was coming from. Um, what, what about you? So, I – Looking back at it, it took me a couple minutes to really think about it, but I think that was a calculated move by Cora. He knows the cameras are on him because it's ALCS, it's, you know, Fox, like the camera's always on the manager. He knew the cameras were on him, and I think that that was more, he was demonstrably telling Rodriguez, don't do that. But deep down, you know Cora loved that. Cora knows Rodriguez really well. He knows Carlos Correa really well. And I'm sure deep down he's going, you know what? Good for you, Eddie. That Carlos is a talker. You know, Cora knows that better than anyone. Correa is a big talker. And I think a team like the Astros, like as soon as they're they're a front running team, as soon as they go up by a couple of runs, they're gonna be looking in your dugout, taunting you, 
you know, uh, veritably spitting in your face any chance they can get. They like being the villains. They embrace being the villains. It, you know, everyone likes to paint the Yankees as like the villains of Major League Baseball. They're really not anymore. Not that team, at least. Not with Boone and and those soft pricks over there. Like, the Astros are the real villains of Major League Baseball. Like, they're like, yeah, we cheated, but we don't care. Like, we're just, we're going to come back and we're going to win. And I think against a team like that, I don't mind Rodriguez pimping them a little bit. Now, what I will say is don't go overboard with it. I think, you know, and I think Cora will send that message to say, look, you know, we've still got two more games to win here. So let's not, you know, give them any avenue back in this. So I would say don't go overboard with it. But I personally, I loved it. I, I thought it was great. It was great to see Rodriguez showing that little bit of attitude. He did it against the Yankees as well uh, towards the end of the year. Like, you know, he, he had a start against them where he pitched really well, and he was giving those guys a little bit of attitude as well. Um, when Rodriguez is feeling it and he's taunting guys like that, that means he's really in the zone. So that's why I didn't mind it, because it was him sort of saying, yeah, I, I got this. I'm good. You know, we, we got nothing to worry about. Yeah, kind of just building on your point there, the Astros, they're the bully, right? They're not used to getting punched in the mouth. And what they're getting done to them right now is getting punched in the mouth and getting their underwear pulled over their head. This is, they're not used to this. This is just like, you know, the bully picked on this kid all year long. Summer vacation came around. The, the, the weak kid worked out all year, comes back to school. And, you know, the Astros beat the crap out of the Red Sox this year. It wasn't even close. It, they literally sent Raphael Devers into this spiral where he only saw, what, like 100 fastballs in a row or something absurd like that. They destroyed the morale of the Red Sox team. And now they're coming around, and they're doing it right back to them. And I don't think that they were mentally ready to get hit in the face like this. And if it wasn't for a couple bad locations, this would be a 3-0 series right now. And it's so close to being that. Yeah, and you can kind of see it. Like, what is going on with Jose Altuve? I mean, he he looks lost up there, not just at the plate. Like, he's hitting, like, 093 or something for the entire postseason. But defensively, he's, you know, easy plays going his way, and he's just letting balls bounce off his chest. He's letting balls go through his knees. Like, it's, you know, when you looked at the managerial matchup, Alex Cora versus Dusty Baker, you sort of go, okay, well, Dusty Baker is, what, 72 years old, something like that. The guy's been in baseball for over almost 30 years, and he's never won anything. Um, He certainly had a lot of good seasons as a manager, but he's never won. And then you look at Cora, and, you know, is Cora, does he have everyone kind of together? And it it looks like he kind of does. And I just wonder if this Astros team, like the whole revenge tour, if it's starting to run out of steam a little bit. Because the revenge tour works when you're up against lesser competition, which for the most part the Astros have been, especially in their own division. Um, now that they're in the ALCS against a Red Sox team that's feeling it, you got to wonder if maybe they're just kind of running out of steam a little bit. I think they are. And this, this is a good point you brought up about Altuve. The exact same thing happened last year in the playoffs. Remember that point where he couldn't throw the ball to the base? Right. And now he's having issues fielding. I, it's the damnedest thing. I, you know, he's a he's a great player. He's an MVP. You can argue whether he deserves it or not, but 
I, he's just lost his way in two consecutive playoffs. That's not the caliber of player he is during the regular season. So I, I don't know if they need a, a sports psychiatrist for the whole entire clubhouse, but something's going on over there. And I have never been a big Dusty Baker fan. I, I never I never got it. I thought he ruined pitchers left and right, and ironically, he's pulling his pitchers too early this year. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's the right guy to mo- motivate that team, and maybe A.J. Hitch deserves more credit for what he did with those guys because this is pretty similar uh, similar team to what they had when they won. And, you know, obviously Springer was a huge part of that, but I believe – the leadership starts at the top with the manager and he's not getting the most out of his guys day in and day out. So that's, that's one thing I was wondering too, is the leadership on that team, right? Who is the leader of the Astros? I don't think it's dusty. Like, I I think that he's a good manager. The players like him, but is he the guy that is going to like rally the troops per se when, when they're down and, and they need a lift? Like, I don't think it's him. And what's worrying is I think it's Carlos Correa. And the reason why I find that worrying is because he's a free agent. Like, and he's, it seems like he's got one foot, maybe two out the door. And he's sort of just putting on his last great performance before he hits the market. Um, So I wonder if that team is really struggling with a leadership void because the guy that they all look to is on his way out. And then who do you look to after that? Altuve, who's a complete mess right now. Um, Verlander's not there. You know, it's it, everyone else. Like, you know, Michael Brantley's not the same guy he used to be. Mm. It can't be a guy like Alvarez because he's too young. Springer's gone. Like, I just wondered if there's a little bit of a leadership void there. And maybe that's starting to bite them in the ass. I agree, and especially with the Correa point. And they, it's not like he's a free agent to be. They all know he's gone. Like he's rejected their low ball offers and he, he's got one foot out the door and I, I don't blame him. Bregman needs to st- I think it would have to be Bregman as the, as the next guy up, but I don't think he's that kind of guy, quite frankly. He's no. going to have to fall into that role really quick because it's not Altuve. It's absolutely not. It's not Verlander. You know, even when he comes back, what is he going to be 38? It's not Granky doesn't want to be that guy. Maybe he'll be a leader like, in the clubhouse and behind the scenes, but he's not going to go into the dugout and fire everyone up. I don't know who it is. It, Kyle Tucker, neck, you know, <laughs> pick a name out of the hat at this point, Maldonado with his O for 30 or whatever he is. I, yeah, there is something going on in Houston and they've, they're slowly falling apart. If they do not come back in this series, they're in some trouble because they don't have a stocked farm system like they used to have. Uh, they've had injuries. Farce Whitley never worked out. Um, they obviously lost their last two first and second round picks. They fired a lot of their front office people, and they've gone on to success in other other spots because they got rid of the whole analytic department. Yet the uh, the Astros look like they were built to last for five to seven years, and this could be a quick three year uh, three year window for them. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at the manager position, I feel like they only brought back Dusty Baker because he just somehow managed to keep it all together after Hinch left. And they said, okay, well, he's kept it together, so let's ride the wave of momentum as long as we can because we don't want to go and search for someone else. We can't bring back A.J. Hinch because, for whatever reason, we think that'd be too bad of a look. 
Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Red Sox weren't worried about that, and it's <laughs> wor- it's worked in their favor, quite frankly. Like, I agree with what the Red Sox did. Like, yeah, you should bring back Cora. If you think he's the right guy, who cares? Don't care what anyone else thinks. Bring him back. Um, the Astros, for some reason, didn't want to do that. So, And now Hinch has a new gig. And you got to wonder if this all falls apart. Dusty Baker's gone. They're not going to keep him around. So now you've got a team with your best player probably leaving via free agency. Your manager is going to be gone. You have no stable leader on that team. Your best pitcher is going to be a 38-year-old coming off an injury. Like, it does. It looks a little bit dire if they don't start to turn things around quick. So now we can all sit here and kind of revel in that for now. But you got to think that tomorrow night they're going to come out guns blazing because they know that. In the locker room and in the clubhouse, they know that better than we do. So I got to feel like Nick Pavetta is going to be on his game tomorrow because the Astros can can see the light at the end of the tunnel kind of closing off here. Yeah, first inning, extremely important. And Pavetta's had some kind of rough ones, obviously not in the playoffs, but in the regular season where he you know, walks a guy here, walks a guy there, blue pit, and all of a sudden it's one weak run pushed across the board. He's got to limit that. He's got to come in with that same intensity that he's been bringing the last few times out of the bullpen, and that will be huge. If he can get through four innings and then you can go over to Tanner Houck and Whitlock and do whatever else you need, if you might just manage to have the slimmest of leads, that's going to be huge. Nick Pavetta, it's a big audition for him tomorrow. You know, the team kind of has a lot of the rotation locked up next year. I mean, especially if Iran comes back. And Nick Pavetta is pitching for that role. He doesn't want to be a bullpen guy. Obviously, he's embracing it in the playoffs, but he wants to be a number three and number four. Um, and now is his time to shine. If he can come out, give you four or five strong innings tomorrow, he's probably got a job locked up for next year. And I, I feel confident saying that. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think Pavetta should be in that rotation for next year, ma- mainly just because of the the cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so affordable. He's dirt under cheap. team control. Yeah, like dirt cheap. Um, and I think you got a lot out of him this year. You might be able to get even more next year if you continue to work on him. Um, let's say Pavetta makes it four innings tomorrow, right? Let's just say Houston really comes out. They're aggressive. They put pressure on him, and it's a close game. Do you trust Tanner Houck coming into a game like that? Because he's looked real shaky so far in the playoffs, and he's looked like a guy who's starting to get exposed. I use him mainly because I think that they can run him for three innings, and I don't want to see them blow all their one-inning guys in a game where you might not be able to win it. Um, I do I do trust Hauk to keep it close. I don't think he's going to be, you know, the guy we saw who was against the Nationals go out and throw five perfect innings or whatever it was and then continue that against was it the Yankees or, or the Rays. But I do think he has earned the trust of Cora and the rest of the guys out there to go into that role. And I, again, I just don't want to see them use like seven pitchers tomorrow. And then you're starting to look at workload going forward uh, in a game five. Right. And, and certainly I think the last thing you want to do is uh, go into game five and whether you win or lose tomorrow, have to tell Nate Evaldi, we need like at least Mm -hmm. six, seven out of you. You know, you, you want to have a rested bullpen and really have control of the way that game is dictated. 
because especially if you are up 3-1 going into Wednesday, it's going to be all hands on deck for Houston. They're going to pull out every stop they can. And even as good as Valdi has been, you know, Houston's going to go into that game knowing all we have to do is steal a win here, get a day off, go back home on Friday, and maybe we've got a whole new series. Absolutely. And actually, I, that, that was one of the reasons I kind of wanted to see Perez pitch the ninth today. I Sauer Murr is definitely not in my like circle of trust right now, but he's an arm, and I didn't really want to see uh, Marty come out of that, especially with the uh, eight-run cushion or whatever it was, nine-run cushion. But I don't know, Cora, I'm sure in his head, he's got his four guys lined up for tomorrow. Should all things go correct? But that, that, that was a little bit interesting, um, that, at least what I thought. Yeah, I, and I agree. I was, I was glad to see Perez in that spot, too, because, you know, you're up by, what, nine at that point? I mean, just get, you know, get him in there, let, let him pitch a little bit. Um, and I actually, Perez doesn't scare me out of the pen as much as maybe he used to. I mean, it, you know, granted, it's a small sample size since he's been in there. But I don't, I don't have this like wave of terror that comes over me when, when Perez is in. At least if we've got a decent, you know, amount of run support for him. So it was good to see him get in there. I think Cora knows exactly how he's going to map out these next two days, um, and hopefully he is able to map it out with an extra win and just really take advantage of that matchup because I do like Cora in the matchup game against Baker. I think Baker just, I think he takes his cues from the front office. I mean, he's he said it even in interviews. He's like, well, they tell me not to let the starter go past the third time in the order. So that's just the way it is. It's like he's basically telling you, yeah, I, you know, I don't have that much control over the game plan. Whereas I think Cora has a lot more. So if it does come down to matchups and dictating matchups like that, you got to think Boston has the advantage with Cora. Oh, easy advantage. It's, I don't even think it's close. Cora definitely has some input from, you know, upstairs, but when, when the game starts, that's all him. He has the feel for all of his guys. You can you see him attentively watching the game. He, sometimes you look at other managers like a Tony La Russa, you're like, is that guy even awake in there? But Cora's got his finger on the pulse throughout the entire thing, and I don't know if it's if it is a younger guy's game now with managers because I think we've seen – the White Sox disappoint. Now the Astros disappoint. Maybe that's just the way it's going. Maybe Beltron needs to get his shot, and maybe that's who the Astros. I don't know if they'd want to have that kind of exposure to him again, but maybe that'd be the guy for the for the gig. I just, I, it's not working out for guys that are taking too much uh, stuff from the front office, and we saw that with Aaron Boone and Kevin Cash. The, both guys sent home by the Red Sox and hopefully Dusty Baker's give me a third one on there and they just continue just to run through these front offices because obviously the Red Sox are doing something much better than these other squads. Yeah, and um, speaking of front offices that are probably taking a little too much from analytics, uh, just a real quick thought on the NLCS. Uh, mm. Atlanta up 2 nothing. Dodgers look like they're kind of in disarray right now in terms of how they're using the pitchers uh what, what are your thoughts on that so far i don't think dave roberts can manage a big game i yeah. really don't i think he he's like 
early Peyton Manning when it comes to the playoffs. He can't get it done. Every time he would go to make a bullpen move in the 2018 World Series, I was like, oh, my God, he is going to make the absolute incorrect decision. And he always did. And I, I don't know – Maybe it's a time for a change there. He's been there for a, for a good minute, and he's getting outmanaged. And if you go on Dodgers subreddits, they're not happy with him. They are very upset with just every decision he makes. It's just always wrong. And I don't know how he manages to do that. Yeah, I've, I've seen the similar sentiment on Twitter from Dodgers fans just kind of looking at it going, what are we doing? There's no way we should be down 2-0 in this series right now. Um, granted, I think they underestimated the Braves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Braves are an incredible team. Uh, they they scare me just as much as maybe the Dodgers do in some ways. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But we got a long way to go until then, obviously. Um, so we got two more games coming up at Fenway um, tomorrow night. So we've got Red Sox, Houston, game four, eight o'clock. Um, Dodgers Atlanta is at five. Uh, that's Charlie Morton against Walker Bueller. So that should be a pretty good game. Uh, hopefully we'll see if, uh, Roberts manages to screw that one up with one of the best, <laughs> best pitchers in the league on the mound. Um, and then Wednesday, last game in Boston, uh, five o'clock. So, and then Dodgers and Braves get the night game. So we'll see how it goes. Red Sox are up two one right now. And, uh, Hopefully, by the time we're back on the air tomorrow, they've got a 3-1 lead. Fedway just needs to keep being the electric factory. It's been all series long, all postseason long, and that is a huge advantage. Absolutely. Yeah, the crowds at Fenway have been great. So keep it up, keep showing up, and keep being loud. Keep putting pressure on those Astros. So, all right, uh, that's going to do it for us. Andrew, thanks so much, and uh, we will see you guys later. Take care.